0: Chapter 1 Brussels, May 10, 1940. On what seemed like an ordinary spring day in Brussels, thirty nine year old Professor André Sauverin awoke, rose from his bed, stepped into his small kitchen to start a pot of coffee, then went and opened the single window of this rented room at 172 Chance Vlugat, and, as usual, stretched himself fully and took a deep breath. The skies were clear, the temperature mild, and the sun shone brightly, low in the sky, as Andre gazed east, feeling expansive. He looked forward to his last day of teaching for the week, and then his weekend on the coast with his family. Delightfully fresh air poured into the room, scattering dust motes and dispersing the stifling mustiness that had accumulated during the night. But as Andre relaxed his body, released his breath, and savored the scent of brewing coffee. He realized something was different this morning, something terribly wrong. No birds sang in the park across the way. The world seemed completely preternaturally still. Wondering at the cause, Andre leaned out the window and sensed rather than saw a vibration which disturbed his visual field. Concentrating, he heard a distant rumbling, soft at first, but steadily rising in volume from a low growl to a terrifying roar. Squinting against the sun's glare, Andre couldn't be certain whether he was actually seeing clusters of dark spots or just floaters in his eyes, until the spots resolved into the shapes of aircraft, formations bearing down upon the suburbs and the city. As he watched, intellectually detached but consumed physically with horror and dread, The planes, three to a squadron, kept coming and coming, first speckling the sun, then darkening the sky. Not until one group approached his apartment building and flew overhead could André discern the German crosses on their tails. Bombs began to drop through the clear sky as the sun glistened on the new green leaves of trees lining August avenues and parks. Munitions fell as if weightless in stepped ladder-like lines and odd arcs. Columns of smoke and debris rose from the ground like geysers before the concussion of explosions caught up with the frightening scene. Air-aid sirens screamed, an undulating wailing mixing with the grumbling of engines and the slamming of bombs raining down and exploding on impact. Andre, transfixed, realized that the war he and his family had tried to prepare for without ever really believing it would touch them, had actually inescapably come to Belgium. He was thankful that the previous September he had moved his wife and children to Lecoq, a non-strategic summer resort along the North Sea, the same weekend the Germans invaded Poland. His parents followed in January, and finally his brother Alex and his family had left Brussels for Lecoq at the beginning of May. Had he done enough to be ready for war? The question tormented André and by the light of this day his torment was much worse. The banging of doors and yelling in the hallway snapped Andre out of his reverie. He couldn't understand the words his neighbors shouted, but their anxiety was palpable, and the sound of their feet thumping rapidly down the stairs required no interpretation. His instinct for self-preservation finally took hold. He strode into the bathroom and opened the taps, to fill the tub as a precaution against the disruption of the municipal water supply, conscientious to implement the government's much-publicized civil defense instructions. Suddenly remembering the pan of water, he hurried into the kitchen to shut off the low flame, then reached for his gray raincoat, always a necessity in the steady drizzle of springtime Brussels. Buttoning the raincoat up to his neck, he grabbed a chocolate bar off of the kitchen table and jammed it into a pocket. A nearby blast jarred him, shaking the building just enough so that bits of ceiling plaster cracked and fell. Andre hurriedly joined the rush of tenants, tramping down into the basement. In the crowded, vaulted subterranean crypt, the apartment's makeshift bomb shelter, a single light bulb dangled from a thin cord swaying back and forth ever so slightly, casting an eerie shifting glow on the heavy dust layering the ledges of the cellar walls.